This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And see so. Hello everyone, <laughs> welcome back to Seagull Social Season 4, episode, it's a one or draw again, um, it seems to happen every single time we play against Palace, doesn't it now? Um, no, it's, it's episode 21, so um, I'm here with the boys, just about, uh, Maz is on the other end, very blurry for me as always, but um, we are here, joined <laughs> by an ill Ben Spalding, um, but I think you'll be alright for Christmas yeah, mate, how, how are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I woke up feeling pretty rough today. I thought it was just a hangover, but I think it's got past a hangover. We're at midday now, and I'm still feeling rough, so I do believe it could just be an actual cold. But yeah, I'm probably ill every single episode, sure. so that's fine. Um, <laughs> let me quickly do it, because we always do this at the end of the podcast. Like and subscribe right now, because oh my God, we always remembered. do it at the end of the podcast, and we also get to do it at the beginning. So yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah, we actually remember this time, so that's great. Um, yeah. And yeah, if there is a delay... Blame Riverside. Everyone send hate at Riverside, <laughs> who, the platform we used, in the comments because they honks. are so shit at the moment. Um, and it honks. And there's, there's, that's why there's a delay. So apolog- apologies um, for that. But and yeah, also apologies on behalf of Brighton Ever Albion for that performance again. It's classic. Classic mm. Sellers Park performance. 100%. And Maz, mate, um, if you can hear me, I hope you can, maybe five seconds later. Um, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, one of those performances <laughs> yes. where it was like actually not great first half. Like by any stretch, we were we were pretty poor first half, but encouraging signs in the second half, uh, which yeah, it, it gave me a bit of solace after that first half performance. But um, yeah, just like Ben said, typical Selhurst performance, and I think we all could have predicted a one-all draw before the game, but we didn't. And we predicted, <laughs> I predicted 2 0. I think Ryan probably predicted 3 0 or 3 1. Yeah, That's the thing. Again. But we, we always added the caveat. We always added a caveat every time we done a prediction or said something. It was like, but it's always a cage affair. You can't predict it. But you definitely can predict it. I think so. Next time we play next season, I'm just going to say 1 all because it's been 1 all like nine times out of the past 13, I imagine, at Sellers Park. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, no, you're right, to be fair. I mean, I think, yeah, the last few times I've been to Sellers, you could just predict the game, can't you? Whether it's they score first, whether we score first. I still weirdly thought we would score, even though, yeah, as you say, Maz, we weren't very good. But we'll start We'll start in the first half. Um, not that there's really too much to report on the first half at all. Um, but 
to to give credit to Palace, they were good. Um, I thought. Um, I say good. I say they were just a bit better than us, which wasn't taking a lot. Um, I thought they were there for the taking, which is more frustrating than anything, to be honest. Um, but we just didn't create anything, did we? Um, I think we've done it quite a bit this sort of last month or two. Um, we we hold the ball. We've done okay, but again, Maz, we we just don't. We haven't really created any clear cut chances there, have we? Yeah, yeah, no, de- definitely. In, in the first half, especially, you could see Palace um, had that. I think for the first sort of twenty minutes, I think it was pretty even game. I feel like both teams were sort of just working each other out. We had a bit more possession, but then after that point, it was one of those situations where, for the what last twenty minutes of the first half, they just dominated uh, possession and, and had much more clear chances than we did. So. Yeah, it, it was one of those horrible first halves where they gave us hope a little bit and then Palace came into it and got their goal. Uh, poor defending, I thought, and obviously uh, a mistake by Verbruggen, which I, I don't want to focus on too much because I think he's still learning and he's still developing as a first-team keeper, especially when you're not getting you know games consecutively. I think it's going to have a, an impact on your performance and the way your confidence sort of builds as well as a goalkeeper. So, yeah, I don't want to focus too much on Verbruggen, but obviously it was a mistake from him. And then it was just poor defending as well, actually, because I was just on his own uh, free header. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a horrible goal to concede, uh, but I suppose it was coming um, in that first half. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Verbruggen mistake. Whether you put it down to Verbruggen, Ben, I don't know. You, you you look at quite a few here, I think, obviously. Last season, we were so used to having the goalkeeper collect the ball and then he would play it to Casado, McAllister, dropping very, very deep. I think we've seen it at Belaba a couple of times, but he was nowhere to be seen, really. This isn't a pin on Belaba by, by any stretch, but the whole back line, really. Well, that's midfield. what I wanted to say, Ryan. Yeah, go on. Because Zerbi, I'm not... I don't know if I'm overreacting here, but I swear Deserby cooked Belaber in his post-match. Um, yeah, he did. He well, I don't think he a few times, to, but he did a bit. Yeah, he just. I don't. He doesn't seem to be impressed with Belaber. He was saying like he's way off. I don't know if it was also like shots fired at Bloom for not doing better in the transfer window and not getting what we want in the transfer window because he was saying, "Oh, we've like." I think he was saying he kept saying, "Oh, he's born in 2004." Uh, he's, and they just kept dropping his age and saying how kind of inexperienced he is. And then he did say, oh, he wasn't there for Verbruggen when he needed to be when our midfield was dropped back. Um, so, yeah, he, did, he just kept... <laughs> well, for, to me, that's how I took the interview. He kept, like, mm-hmm. digging Belaber. Maybe he's not impressed by him, um, which is a bit unfortunate. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really frustrating that we've shot ourselves in the foot once again at Seller. It's like, last year, why'd you let it bounce, Robert Sanchez? It, we got, we, you know, it's one all at, at the time. Obviously, Sonny March scored. Um, and then, yeah, again, another mistake. You could say it's the, the error begun with a Bruggen. I think that's fair to say. There's a high press really worked for Palace in that moment. Um, the Bruggen had to panic and clear the ball with his weaker foot, went straight to Elise. And then, yeah, to be fair to Elise, what an unbelievable pass to pick out, are you there? Um, I wouldn't really blame the defending too much just because we were suddenly caught on that situation because we lost the ball so high up on the pitch and I think Hinshelwood was out of position simply because he thought we were probably going to be going on the attack so oh, you had so much space there just to head the ball um, and it's just so frustrating to shoot ourselves in the foot once again at Sellers Park 
Yeah, and Maz, so we talk about the post-match because you've pretty much said everything, really. Um, without digging out for Bruggen too much, yes, it's it's a bad mistake. He's 21, we're going to make mistakes. And Zerbi said it, didn't he, in the post-match that mm. we've got so many young players, they're going to make mistakes. From what I take of it, it seemed yeah. like... I, I, the only thing I disagree with you, Ben, is I don't think it was a hit completely on Belaber. I feel like, as you say, it was probably more of a hit on the on the club in that, yes, OK, we've got these young players, but... We haven't got mm. enough players to really accommodate around them to help them grow like we did last season, Maz. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I think he mentioned like youth policy, didn't he, um, a couple of times as well. So I think, yeah, it was more of a general yeah. dig, dig at youth um, being basically we've got too many young players expected. I think that's the big thing. It's like, those young players have got such a weight on their shoulders now. Like, even look at, look, Billy Gilmore, he's 23, yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. is. He's, like, starting every game. You've got Belaber, who's, who, uh, as we said, born in 2004. You've got um, Van Hecker, still early 20s. You've got um, Ferguson, 19. Bonanotte, 19. Like, we have got such young players, and they are expected to perform. Um, and, and like you said, Ryan, we, we had the options last year to play more experienced players and, and blood the youth slowly. Whereas this season, they're now expected to be good from the off, which, yeah, brings a lot of pressure. And, and yeah, I, I agree with Ben as well. I think Deserby doesn't trust a, a few of the players yet, but he's forced to play them because he's got no other choice. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely, I think, for me, a, a more of a dig at the higher ups of Tony Bloom and Barbers, basically saying, Back me in January, was, or yeah. there's going to be trouble. <laughs> it was interesting that he kept saying it's the club policy to play youth. It's a club policy to play youth, and then he was like, "Oh, the game changed when Welbeck came on because he experienced, and maybe he yeah, wants more so experienced true. players potentially." Um, mm. And right, I did want to, I wanted to get your opinion on the uh, the transfer thing because we spoke mm. earlier, like a couple of days ago, I think it was, about the quote you got, which was really really good. Um, about the, the how many players he wants, I think you could tell like the by this body language potentially that he's maybe a little frustrated. I want, yeah, if you want to talk about it, that would be good because I'm sure people would be interesting to hear. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my quote, the three or four players, um, but it was definitely it's definitely obvious by his body language in the press conference that it's an it's one that frustrates him. You know, when someone says something they mean. Their their voice changes, their face changes. I think Deserby changes when he mentions transfers at the moment, um, and you can tell. Um, you know, you saw in that post match, he said in the before the Palace game that you know last year was the time. Well, I say last year. Whenever we played them, the one well, one all last year um, was the time where they first mentioned the target of Europa League. Um, you know, it was the first time the fans knew about Europa League being the the main target openly. And he said, now's the first time where I can openly tell you about transfers. He said, because he's honest. And he said that we need a, we need fullbacks. He said that we need help in defence. He said that we need help in, in midfield. And, and and as a winger as well, he said we need a new winger. It's quite obvious, <laughs> I lot. think. I think it's quite obvious. And I think when you look back even on our podcast, back at the beginning of the season, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said, I'm, I'm sure you guys said it as well, of, yeah. yes, okay, we've lost Caicedo. Yes, okay, we've lost McAllister, but we've lost them at a bad time where we haven't got people to replace them at all. And it was a bit worrying, wasn't it, how Belaber came in and we've sort of just relied on him. And I said at the time that we've now got to pressure him to he has to perform. You know, there's no choice. So I think that's the trouble we've got ourselves in. It was kind of, you know, foreseeable. And as, as, this is the point, isn't it now? Um, you know, do you do you back Deserby? Do you believe everything he says? Obviously, not everything Deserby says is true and, and right, but... 
do we back and trust the Zerbi now? Or do you back and trust Bloom and Barber, who've got us to this position? I'm not saying it's a it's it's literally a 50-50, because obviously there's a middle ground. But where do you sit, Maz, now on this situation? Obviously, before January, which is bubbling inside the Zerbi's brain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's like, Deserby's very clear that he wants reinforcements in January. I think he's made that super clear. So I think if you don't back him in January, I, I think there's potential there to become sour. I think he's that one of those characters that if he doesn't feel like he's being backed or he's pushed into a corner or he's not being supported, I think he's the kind of character that will come out and say, like, I'm not happy, like, this is not good, this is not acceptable. And that can cause friction and that can cause unrest and potentially... It could lead to him losing his job because if he starts speaking out too much and it gets a bit too, you know, aggy with the situation, why wouldn't Tony Bloom be like, well, look, I'm not having this kind of unrest at the club. I know I know what I want to do with the club. Why should I be sort of, you know, uh, pressured by the manager to do certain things? But mm. I do think he needs to... He needs to be backed, in my opinion. I think we have to back him in January. The money's there. We, know, we all know the money is there. Um, and we just need to make sure that... Uh, he is back sufficiently because we are we, our squad depth is not good enough at the moment. I, I was screaming at the beginning of the season. I was screaming, we need fullback cover, and we didn't get it. We didn't sign the players at fullback, and now look at us. Purvis Estebinian has been one of the biggest misses this season, and Matoma has suffered because he clearly is missing Estebinian's overlaps and you know the energy that he brings on that left hand side. So yeah, I think it's evident we Solid need support, well, especially hit. in the fullback positions. Yeah, Solly as well. Yeah. Yeah, Ben, your thoughts really on the transfer situation, January, Blue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting you're saying about there could be potential. F- I mean, we're literally, we're saying this, there could be potential. We're not saying there is at all or, yeah, not no. close yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. But there could be a possibility where there becomes some friction between Bloom and Deserby. I mean, we've seen the last time we had a very passionate manager, Gus Poirier. We all saw how that ended Um and so I'm I'm not saying that is going to happen, but we've seen it play out before when we have had like a hot-headed manager who, you know, wants what he wants. And if he doesn't get it, he's happy to go because he knows what he knows his worth. And I don't think that will happen with the Zerbi. Um, but that is a potential thing that could happen, I think. Um, I don't know if that sounds contradicting, but I'm just not meant to sound contradicting <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, I, think, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. But yeah, like I said, it's just a possibility. Um, yeah. I think we absolutely have to back the Zerbi. And like Matt said, we know the money's there. Um, and would do you worry? Yeah, if Deserby does go, it maybe I, is a conversation. But for now, I think we're right. Yeah, I don't think Deserby going to the conversation yet. Um, I, obviously, I think even if he didn't get his reinforcements in January, I'd imagine he stays the end of the season. And the worst case scenario, he goes in the summer. Um, but I, I do think that you can tell that something's changing in terms of things are being a little bit more vocal. You know, as soon as things become um, public like this, it's, you know, fans start to realise the, the intentions behind Deserby's words. Um, but it's not just him, is it? I mean, obviously, it's it's a bit of a... It's obviously something that goes back across the whole club. And I'd imagine they've had a lot of meetings about this anyway. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in January because I I agree with both of you. I, I, we, we, need to, we need to back him, don't we? Let's face it. I mean, it's been so obvious since the start of the season that we haven't got enough squad depth. Um, obviously, we've been so unlucky with injuries. Don't get me wrong. We've, we've really been hit with injuries. But oh, let's face it, you know, having your youth I players to on say... the bench. Go on. I was just going to say, I want to say one more thing I, I forgot to say. Um, 
And it seemed like him and even Danny Welbeck kind of mentioned it. They're kind of worried about falling behind right now. Because I think Zerbi said we're not where, or Zerbi or Welbeck said we're not where we are and where we should be in the league right now. Yeah. And obviously Brighton fans will agree with that. We should be higher because of the quality that we do have and some of the results have got away from us. And well, some of, a lot of the results have got away from us, ones we should be winning. So yeah. that could be another worry if we don't get reinforcements in January. Are we going to fall behind even more? And I don't want to sound like a, a misery, <laughs> a miserable person or a, don't want this to be a miserable podcast because we are still obviously in a very, very good position. Just won the group of death in Europa League. We are still in a solid position in the league. It's just basically looking ahead and seeing what could potentially happen. Like I'm not, it's not all yeah. doom and gloom at all like whatsoever, but it's just saying like what could potentially happen. And this is yeah. stuff that's come from Deserbi and Welbeck themselves. So it's not just me or us moaning. It's legit things that we're talking about. Yeah, agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious as we always say, it, it, it's been foreseeable for such a long period of time. Um, Okay, uh, Maz, you got any other thoughts on, on this situation? I mean, actually, just to round off the Deserby thing, um, I, I remember him saying about the target. He said there's no target set in stone yet. So I'll get your thoughts on this. He said there's no target yet. He's wanting to see how the January goes before he sets a public target, before he sets a Brighton target. Uh, obviously, as you say, we are top of the Europa League. We are going into the round of 16. Is it a situation now where you focus? He said he wants to hold this position in the league and then see what we do in January. Do you agree with him? Do we do we just hold this position, get the odd draw and, and win if we can, um, focus on Europa League in January and then see what happens after then? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't know about you boys, and again, I'd, I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on, on, on this. Um, in terms of like a Europa League posi- um, sort of finishing position, like what what is a good... What is a good result for us? Obviously, winning it is, of course, like the pinnacle. But what is a good, successful Europa League run? And in my opinion, I think if we get to the quarterfinals, considering we've never been in the competition before and we've never competed in Europe, I think to get to the quarterfinals of the Europa League is a huge achievement. And of course, look, I want us to go all the way out. I'd love to f- for us to focus on it and give it our all. But yeah, I think quarterfinals would be a pretty good success. And then I suppose in the league, I, I think we have to get Europe again. I think that anything below Europe for me, would be a disappointment purely because how else are you going to level up? How else are you going to retain players? How else are you going to attract players without having European football? So, yeah, for me, it would have to be a European finish. I think that's a target you'd have to set for for the club. And also, yeah, quarterfinals for me in the Europa League. But yeah, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on the Europa League thing. Mm. I get get why Deserby hasn't... I get why Deserby hasn't set targets yet. And I'd be exactly the same. You want to see what your squad looks like towards the end of January. And then you can really put a, um, a realistic objective there. I agree. I think min- a minimum Europe would be incredible. I'd bite, I'd bite your hand off right now for a conference league spot. That would just be fine. Like we've seen, we've seen how it's benefited Villa playing in a, a, a weaker competition, but also they can still do really well in the league. And we can't do that because Europa League's taken it a little bit more out of us because they're not playing against Romanian farmers. That's a joke. It's not meant to be disrespectful, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> the, the level of clubs, level of clubs that Villa have been playing on Thursday nights, they can probably afford to not really go full strength. Um, I know they got one bad result in their group stage, but again, like they're still managing to do really well in the league. So yeah, Conference League would be really, really good. Um, and I'm not sure where we can get to. I think, yeah, quarters, I mean, semi-final would be unbelievable for Europa League because I'm guessing round of 16, if you win that, then you go quarters. So if we can get a nice run in the knockouts, that would be unbelievable and we'll see where it takes us. Hmm. See, I, I don't, I don't agree. 
my target is I want to win it. Um, I think that's that's it. I don't I don't really see anything else. You know, I think that's just maybe maybe just is that is that realistic? Me? I don't know. Right? I, I, just, I want to we win. We all want to win it. Hmm. Yeah, that's care. not realistic, though. I don't, I don't care if it's realistic because, like, <laughs> was it realistic we get to Europa League last year? Probably not. So you know, I, I think that oh, we. We need to start just backing it again. I think we, you know, did we think we we're going to top this group after Athens? No. Was that realistic? No. So you know, we we need to we need to back it and say we're going to win it. And that's 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 maybe that's just what I'm like. I want to win everything, but I just I want us to win this competition. Um, I want us to get into the final and win. I don't want to be thinking about it if we don't. Um, otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> In my opinion, I just think what's the point? Um, but, but that's. But just do you me. think if that means we well, should think, win yeah, the it's league, more, it's more so your question. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was going to ask that. So, would you take us suffering in the league for? A, I mean, no, that's a bit stupid question. I'll take a Europa League win, obviously. Uh, but, but I mean, would that be a detriment next season? Um, if we, let's say we finish, let's say we finish, I don't know, eleventh or twelfth. Um, but we, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if that's worth for building next season. Like, that's, my, that's my only sort of concern. Is like if we do finish really well, bad in that, the league, then that's Champions League unless we win the Europa year, League, we won't get European football. No, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But, but yeah, 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 true. But, true. Right, I think, I think my question would be, my question mm, would be, on. let's say you're Deserver, you're sat down with Bloom and Paul Barber and whoever, um, and you're, and Tony's said, right, you've got your players, what are the objectives? Would you, as Deserve, I, I doubt he would say, oh, we're going to win the Europa League. So like, what would be the realistic good objective in Europa League if you were Deserve? I mean, <laughs> I still, I still think it's it's potentially realistic. I don't think with you know you look at the teams around us. I think that there's there's some good teams in there. But let's face it, we beat Liverpool, we beat City in the league, we beat you know if we beat these teams in the league, they're much better than the teams that are in the competition. Um, you know, okay, it's a it's a it's a it's a tournament. Yeah, on our it's day, tough. Yeah. on our day, we get through to an FA Cup semi final. Arguably, at times that can be difficult as well. Very difficult at times. Um, <sighs> So I, I still want to win the. I still want to win it. I, okay, if you want me to say you don't want me to win it, and I want to look at the league sense side of things, and you and you come into the <laughs> the quarters or the semis, I still want us to get into that latter stages of the league of the Europa League. That is, um, and the latter stages in my book is semi-finals, um, quarter-finals. It's like okay, you've beaten the round yeah. of sixteen, then you got knocked out anyway. Um, you know, you get dumped out. Yeah, that's and, what I'm uh, saying. Just, yeah, that to me is not latter latter rounds. In my opinion. You know, semis, finals. That's that's the latter rounds. That proves that we've gone all the way as far as you know we what? can, and we've proved it. I think yes, okay, if we suffer in the league, what it is, what it is, but it's not that unreasonable. I don't think. I just always, I actually, I do love, I love your optimism, and and I share it. Like, I of course, I would love for us to win it, and like you say, it's a very good point actually. If we win the Europa League, we get Champions League football, which would be absolute insanity. Like that would be so sick. Like to be in the Champions League next season, and and that will literally level us up for next season. We'll be able to track players. We'll be able to just build up, build on what we're, we're doing. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's just for me. It's just like, is it? Is it going to happen? I would love it to, but I just don't know if we've got the squad, especially right now. Like we talk about squad depth. Do we have the squad depth to, to get to the final and win it? And like, uh, if we don't reinforce in January, so I suppose it sort of goes back to the whole, I think we have to re- reinforce in January if you really want to give the Europa League. Oh, it's massively reliant on January though, Maz. It's mm. massively, mm. That's it. massively That's reliant it. on January to, like, it'd be good to have this discussion on February 1st once the deadline's done. 
and we can revisit this and say right what's the realistic objective maybe does Erby will say it publicly who knows because he obviously mm. is quite vocal okay. and, which is if really good said, for us fans if he said that after January we make some good signings I mean I, I, the way I look at it is that the, the Europa League should always take priority um, obviously we want to do as well as we can in both competitions but if you were to sacrifice one or the other for me it's always going to be Europa League we've proven we can take on our group of death right and, and that's the group of death in that that's supposed to be the hardest competition of the whole thing. That's meant to be the hardest league to get out of, and we topped it. We've gone to Ajax, Marseille, you know, Athens even, was a very, very tough game. That was probably the toughest game of the lot. Um, you know, it's a tough European away day to go to. Loud stadium. That's one thing that we said before the Europa League that we struggle so much with. So if you told me after the Athens game, we're going to top the group, I'd say you're you're going crazy. I'd say, you know, I was having doubts whether we'd even get out of the group at times after that game because we looked really starstruck. So that's why I say, is it realistic? No, 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 it's not. But is it realistic to say, but I'm even going to be in this position five years ago? Of course it wasn't. So at some point you've got to stop the realistic conversation. Realistic doesn't matter. Realistic, in my opinion, it's it, it's it's a facade. It's, it doesn't matter. It's it's make belief. I don't believe in realistic. You believe in what, what you can do and that's to, that's to win the competition. For Gaze, for Gwazi, it doesn't exist. It's not here. That's it, though, for me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. No, 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 mate. I, 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 mate, I completely hear you. And, and like I said, I agree with a lot of your points. My, my final thing, just, just from my uh, point of view, just on this, it would be like, I think the only thing that I sort of envisage happening is, let's say we face, let's say we meet Liverpool, right? Let's say we meet them in the latter stages of the competition. In terms of a European heritage yeah not to quote Mourinho but they've got that European XP you know they they know how to win in Europe they've won Champions Leagues they've won Europa Leagues mm. on a, on a t- over two legs let's be honest they will have the experience over us in terms of how to deal with those big nights just look at you know that Barcelona 4-0 deficit like that 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 night at Anfield was like magical and like you know that those big moments you More know Istanbul <laughs> yeah just using Liverpool as an example no, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just like they've, they've had those big European nights and they've got the pedigree. So when it comes to, let's say, a two-leg tie in the semi-finals, you're going to probably back Liverpool. Even if they were in like, the worst league run ever, on the night over two legs, you're probably going to expect them to, to basically win because of we know they turn but up then, when, when Maz, they need to. to they, count you know, your point, all those big moments. How do they get experience in the first place? You know, like at some point, you've got to build your own experience. No, but what I'm uh, saying is... You know, it's our debut in the competition. Yeah, yeah but I mean, we've only been in it one year. Go on. Well, it's our first year. Exactly. So, yeah, so obviously that's, we that's build what it, I'm but saying. what I'm saying so is it's our we don't have experience right now, though. I don't think any teams do that. Mm. No. 
No, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I get your point. No, my point is point. at some point you've got to build. And for me, I sorry, the, the, the lag is horrible here, isn't it? Like the, this is this is one thing for the viewers. <laughs> yeah, it's horrendous. You, you got to say like people. I saw some comments in the last video saying about, about us over talking each other, and I genuinely we're about five seconds behind each other. So <laughs> we don't mean to. I'm here so much later. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Europa League aside, I want us to do as well as we can in the, in the league as well. If we if we forget Europa League for a minute. I would say at the moment in the Euro- in the Premier League, we should we we're dropping a lot of stupid points. And to, to divert it back onto the game that happened last night, um, you know there was a game yes, last night, off. believe it or not. Um, so yeah, we want to be focusing on getting some wins on the board because I think for confidence' sake, we're not really. Maybe that's even a, a conversation in itself. The confidence in the Europa League is different to the confidence in the Premier League. Um, but I just feel like we're dropping so many stupid points in the Prem. And it's another stupid goal, isn't it? And and that's what's cost us again. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll leave the we'll leave the target conversation aside. Um, second half, uh, let's talk about Facundo and Danny Welbeck um, because, mate, I'm so happy for Facundo. So happy for him. Um, he's got so much stick in he recently. Um, and to see a second half like that, the Messi comparisons, Tevez, I'm, Carlos, I'm starting to see it. I, I get what you mean. I saw the close ball control. Um, very, very interesting. It caught my eye. I won't lie. But um, Maz, your thoughts on Facundo second half performance against against Crystal Palace? Yeah, he he was fantastic. What a player. He, he's really developed. And even look, we had our question marks over him when we first started talking about him, didn't we? When he first sort of came uh, making a few appearances, we all questioned him and like whether he was ready at the time. And, and I think it was a fair assessment at the time. I think we all can agree that he wasn't quite ready when he was first started getting uh, a few minutes. But um, yeah, in the last two, three weeks, he's really, really come on. He's been brilliant. And I think he thoroughly deserves all the praise he's been getting. Um, you know, I've been seeing all the praise he's he's been getting and, and rightly so so um and, and i think he made such a big difference i personally would have taken off matoma uh in that for, for that second half i thought Odinga was quite unlucky to be subbed i know he didn't have the best of games um but yeah facundo brilliant like i think he's got such a bright future he's still so young uh my only thing is is he a winger is he a, is, does he should he play central like i think i'm not too i, I think he should, his best position is yeah he's more of a 10 he's more of a central but I, th- I think he's done a job on the wing you know when he's played there um, but yeah, he's, I think he definitely should be playing central. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose the other conversation would be Matoma, but I, I'll leave. We'll, we'll talk about Mato- uh, Fakunde for now, and then we can talk about Matoma, I suppose. Mm. Ben, your thoughts on Fakundo? Um, he's, he's gone through a lot, hasn't he? Um, to say the least. The last few weeks, I think, mm. Deserby predicted it, didn't he? And he's, I, I, I got a quote from him, actually, if you want to hear it. Um, I've not, actually, I haven't, I haven't transcripted it, God's sake. No, <laughs> um, so you do that. Um, I mean, <laughs> I had transcripted it, just remember. I said to him that, um, I spoke to him oh, about right. it at the beginning of the season, and he said in a few months' time, we'll start to see the real sort of Facundo. And he's, and as his prediction, as it always seems to happen, we're starting to see it. Uh, I saw someone say he's this season's in CISO. Um, do you agree? Do you think Facundo is this season's in CISO? Um, well, he has the he has the potential to be that, yeah, for sure. Um, I remember in CISO, he just all of a sudden clicked, didn't it, for him, and and then it just just completely took off, and he was phenomenal for the back end of the season. So I really hope that Facundo can do that as well. Um, I completely agree with what Maz says. There's no point in me echoing it, but um, what I will say off the pitch, absolutely love what he's doing with the Valentin Barco situation 
uh, kind of being an agent for Kundo Buenonote, really. Because Barco is one of my top targets because I absolutely adore him. I think he would be unbelievable for us. I, think, yeah. I don't know if anyone, if for people that haven't actually heard it, basically he was talking about an interview. I think he had spoken to Barco and told him how it's a brilliant, brilliant place to come um, and develop in Europe. Like it's the best place to come in Europe if you're a young it's player. Wonderful. So hopefully Barco will, f- yeah, <laughs> Barco will fill- follow in his footsteps and join the mighty Seagulls because he'll be such a good signer for us. Mm. And speaking of players that are here at the moment, experience, as Danny, Danny Welbeck knows all too well, um, what performance. I think that is the best I've seen of Danny Welbeck in a Brighton shirt. Uh, I don't think I've seen him in impact a game quite like that one. Um, superb performance. Uh, Maz, I know you're not his biggest yeah. fan. Hold but, that, um, Maz. Yeah, hold, hold that, that, Maz. If you don't like <laughs> Danny, you don't like football. Um, no, he was he was superb yesterday. Really, really good. That header, by the way. Was a long way out, you know, right yeah, in the top corner. Another assist for Pascal Gross. Shock. Um, as your your thoughts on this Welbeck masterclass, please. <laughs> no, mate, he was fantastic. Uh, I love him, mate. I've always said how good he is. He's, he's a fantastic player. Uh, brings a lot of wealth of experience <laughs> um, to, the, to the club. And, um, you yeah, know, no, he's great. He's he, he's done very, very well. Um, and he... Um, just showed experience. I think that's what we needed. Look, like, let's be honest with ourselves. I think Ferguson's been off it a little bit recent weeks in terms of his usual standards. Um, I think, um, Jao Pedro's not that, he, he's not a single sole striker. I don't think he's that guy, like, to be the just central striker on his own. I think he gets quiet. Um, what's the word? Uh, just gets quiet. What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it's around her a lot, basically. Um, so I think isolated. Danny Welbeck is that perfect... Isolated, that's the word I was looking for. So yeah, um, Danny Welbeck, for me, he can play that role up top on his own, which is uh, what we need right now. Like We don't have a player like Danny Welbeck. He brings a very different thing to Jao Pedro, for example. He's a very different player altogether. And um, he's got a couple of similarities to Ferguson, but I think he's much better holding up the play at the moment. Um, and he brings, brings a wealth of experience. And, and that header yesterday was fantastic. Like, such a precise top bins header from that distance as well um fair play to him like yeah uh you know i'm, I'm more than happy when he makes me eat my words because um uh, yeah i'm all for it as long as we're getting results <laughs> and getting goals i'm all for it and can you imagine my shock when i saw who assisted him <laughs> every time in it every Go. single time what's that 41 now Mate, the kid's a joke the blokes the bloke is an absolute joke we are so reliant on him. It's scary. Scary in a good way and also scary in a bad way because he is involved in every single goal we score. And without ben, him, we would be with Luton, with Luton Town probably. Does that answer your question about uh, Lewis Dunk or Gross or, or has it made it even more difficult? Yeah, I did say Gross. I did say Gross um, when I when I asked the question. Let me get up the votes from the poll that I've done on Twitter. Good, good uh, shout. Because I think Dunk won it. Mm. Yeah, I really. I'm not surprised. Which is obviously like, like fair said, play because a lot of people were loyal yeah. to him. Yeah, like like I said on socials, it's like picking between your mum or dad. Like it's the most difficult question. Yeah. Oh, it's tighter than mm. I thought. It's 57 percent for Dunk and 43 percent for Gross. Yeah, it's tough in it. I mean, I for me, it's. I still think the Pascal conversation is such a serious one, and I, I still don't think he's taken seriously enough. 
um, by the rest of the Premier League. Um, you know, we're we're talking about someone that's got more assists than Bruno Fernandes in this season or last season, and included. He's he's a joke. Seriously, he's a joke. I'd love to see someone to re reinvent that stat actually about the most assists since he signed, um, just to see how many he's got now because. Um, I think I tallied it up last year or the year before on the podcast and I, I managed to work out he is still second, but I'm not sure if he is anymore. I can't bother to do it today, but um, maybe on a day where I've got nothing else to do. Um, but he's he's serious, mate. He needs to be taken seriously in that conversation of your Bruno Fernandes, in that conversation of your Kevin De Bruyne. You know, the, 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 the numbers speak for themselves and they could be a lot lot higher if he if he had a decent team around him for the first few years. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I did not even think about that because mm. that is so true. Imagine if we had this team for that whole time he's been here. Yeah, exactly. He'd be cooking and we'd be cooking as well. Yeah, no, I agree. No, he's a joke. And uh, yeah, to echo on Danny, just to just to give him his props that he deserves because I, I really think he deserves it because he doesn't get enough for me. His 101st appearance is crazy, by the way. Crazy. I remember he signed, I think it was the first podcast or one of the first podcasts we did. Um, and I remember it was instantly Maz's reaction wasn't the best one. Maz lost seems his head. To just, yeah, it's, it was it's stuck with the pod ever since. But um, yeah, Danny's been a Danny's been a member of the podcast since I think. So when he retires, need to get him on here. Yeah. That's one hundred percent. But um, no, what what a man! Yeah, I'm really so Do you remember? Um, I think the narrative back then was like, oh, we really need a striker. This, this is going to be the summer we saw a striker. <laughs> yeah. I think we were linked with like, we were linked with like Nico Gonzalez and we're thinking, oh my God, what signing that would be? Because Argentina linked with McAllister, that would be brilliant. Um, and they were hanging out in Brighton. We thought that was going to be the done deal. Linked with Darwin Nunes, we're thinking, oh my God, we're going to spend 30 million on a striker. This is going to be incredible. <laughs> and then you get Danny Welbeck. Yeah. I think it was just like, what oh, player really? Have we done that? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't knock him. He has, he has been really good for us and, it's not just what he does on the pitch. What he does off the pitch is phenomenal, I imagine, as well. The experience he has. Um, and Paul help fair, us in though, Europe because he's very experienced in Europe as well. Yeah, no, I agree. But to be fair, though, when you think about the amount of appearances he's had off the bench and actually done really, really well versus when he starts, maybe not so effective. I think in that last half hour, it always seems that when he comes on against the team, I, t- I tend to back him to score, you know, because it's like a different player. It's weird, isn't it, how the super sub effect works? But for me, Welbeck's got that in him. And I think... Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to the conversation now about a certain other um, player. He's getting bashed at the minute. Um, and this is sort of the last of the individual picks, really, apart from JP, who I'm coming to. Don't worry about that. Um, but Karen Matoma is getting a lot of stick for some reason. I, don't get me wrong, he was frustrated yesterday. He hasn't been great for a while, um, it's worth saying. Um, but as you said, Maz, earlier, it's so obvious the reasoning, isn't it? He's overrun and he's playing without a stupinian. Um yeah. And yeah, we'll get your thoughts now, Maz, on yeah. Karu, um, because he needs a rest, doesn't he? The guy's been out, outplayed to his, yeah. to his own self. Yeah, 100%. It, look, people going like, oh, Matoma's washed and all this stuff. It's like, how can a player just overnight lose ability? Like, it's the most outrageous, dumb thing I've ever heard. It's not a fact of he's not good anymore. It's just the fact that he's run down. He's physically not at his peak and uh, at the level he should be physically. And clearly, you can tell in his performances, he's not the same you know, operating level, let's say from Wolves, uh, Bournemouth, you know, when he came off the bench and scored two goals, you know, he's not at that level that he was back then. And I think it's just purely fatigue. And again, going back to the point earlier of Estepinian, I think he's missed him so much. He's been out the whole season and Estepinian gives him energy, gives him overlaps, gives him that extra option when he needs it. Uh, and so it just frees him up so much more because he's getting marked by like two, three players every game. So how, you know, he's getting targeted a lot because you know, he's a very good player. And, and with Estepinian, he gave him that 
that freedom to, oh, take one or two players away from me. I get the ball and I can then do my thing. So, yeah, it's evident. He just needs a rest. I think hopefully, um, this sounds really bad, but I think, um, uh, I think Naylor said it today. If he's injured, it means he'll have a big rest and doesn't go to the Asian Cup. And I think that's what he needs. He'll be back in February, I think, the first week of Feb. So, yeah, I know it sounds horrible and I don't wish injury right. upon him at all. Let's all drive but... around Matoma's house, <laughs> bash his ankle in, kick his door down, <laughs> make no, sure he's he was, injured. He was in a brace yesterday, wasn't he? He, he? he left in a brace, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Get in crutches, there. Hopefully he was on crutches as well. That'd be great. Get Mate, in. honestly, I never thought I'd be happy that one of our players is not injured. That's not, that's wrong. But knowing that he's going to miss a bit of <laughs> first team action, he's, he's, he's been dying for a rest. I mean... It's like playing with 10 mm. men yesterday. I thought yeah. the the 2-1, two, uh, two versus one that he had with Pedro, I remember that really frustrated me. I thought he had a shot, didn't he? It was like a pass back. Um, and it really was frustrating where yes. you know, yeah, we know yeah, Karu Matoma, when he comes into them situations, used yeah. to just whip that bottom corner every time or he'd pick out the pass to Pedro perfectly. We know that. We know he's good at that. Um, he's done it so many times, but it's just, it, he just looks like a beaten horse. And I, yeah, he just needs, he needs that rest. Yeah, maybe you're right. Missing the Asia Cup could be a great timing for him. Um, as much as I'm sure the Japanese faithful yes. wouldn't be happy to hear that, they listen to the podcast. But um, yeah. for us, for the Brian, yeah, I know, that's a really we, good we point, need him actually. to we need him to not be going. Unfortunately, um, but we'll we see just what lost. We just lost 90% of our subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversation no, our Japanese fans. We love <laughs> I think if you if you love if you love Mitoma, you know that he needs a rest, mate. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, it's tough. I don't even know who would replace him at the moment. Um, we're so lightweight. But we will now speak about the final one I think needs to mention because he's saved us in three or four games in a row now. Um, stopped us yesterday from holding a couple of goals in that first half. Um, JP Van Hecker, what a player. Uh, what a player he's turned into. Uh, turned into an absolute leader alongside Dunk. Uh, it's a shame about the sort of clean sheet record we've got in it, Ben, because... Um, they're both elite centre-backs for us this season and I think if we add a bit of stability at full-back and in midfield we would see the complete of Van Hecker and, and Dunk together Yeah, no, they are very good they're very good defenders um, even going forward he's not even that bad as well remember there was a time where I think he tried to win a penalty and I just love it when the camera always pans to his face he's always just looks so like baffled he's always like what? Yeah. What? So he's like, angry what the Van Heck <laughs> Yeah, he's always fuming or screaming or something. And you just see, like, he obviously really, really cares. And, yeah, it is very, it must be frustrating for Dunk and Van Heck and all the centre-backs and defenders because they are great players, but their record doesn't doesn't agree at the moment um, simply because of, yeah, what you said. Um, but, no, we, we've got a re- really, really good centre-back on, on our hands there. And that reminds me, actually, when was the last time we spoke about Adam Webster? Because he's just, like, falling yeah. off the face of the earth, isn't he? Mm. Well, Igor's like, been a complete like, just... proof of, you know, we yeah. don't maybe need him at the moment. I'm sure Webster's at one point may come back into this fold again, but at the moment, Van Hecker and Igor, I just can't look past them. Um, I love I love both of them. Mm. Uh, and Maz, Levi Carwell, who? <laughs> no, exactly, mate. No, I think, mate, I think you've hit the nail on the head, uh, Ryan, with the, what you said about once they get that cover at left back and right back and that central midfield gets a bit more solidified. I think we're going to see the real best of Van Hecker and Dunk, even though they've been fantastic. Like I think I tweeted last night, I was like 98% of the time they both have 
an unbelievable game, but then, yeah, we're let down by individual mistakes or uh, not having cover at midfield, you know, them being more open now, more exposed. So, yeah, but uh, Van Hecker's just been a revelation this season. I, I don't think anyone really expected uh, him to be at the level he is. Like, I think we all thought he'd do well, but no, I don't think we not. ever expected him to do this well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with him. Yeah. I think he's he's so good. And like you said as well, Ben, he's really progressive as well. I feel like he, he sort of leads, you know, leads from, from the back as well, like as in bringing the ball forward and does give us that extra option as well. And I know De Zerbi loves to play like that anyway, uh, but it's great to see him really fitting in. And, and, you know, alongside Lewis Dunk, what a great person to have, you know, learning your trade. Like, And also as well, I just want to talk about Dunkey's passing, by the way. He's, his passing just blows my mind every time. It's just insane, like how good his passing range is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a great thing for Van Hecker to have Dunkey alongside him to learn from as well. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I hold my hands up. I was not sure on Van Hecker. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't think he was going to be the guy to be our starting centre back. I didn't didn't see it. Maybe, um, but I certainly can now. Um, and even Deserby said he was surprised, didn't he, by his growth this season and his importance to the team as. You know, he's never seen. He said he's never seen anything like it in terms of improvement um, in, in a single player. But um, yeah, any final thoughts, Ben? Um, he's linked with Real Madrid on my FM save, so if that's <laughs> going to go by, we've got an absolute player on our hands. <laughs> I really want to. I really don't want him to go, but he's. He seems like he wants to go oh, Madrid, and I really do not want to let him go. I might have to offer him like three hundred grand a week, or something like that. Ask Tony Bloom for a favour or something. Yeah, see if we can get it. Uh, um, well, just, <laughs> just final, final one for me. Anyway. Uh, mm. Final one for me. I, th- I think it was just the defensive. Um, to be fair, we, we have pretty much covered it, but it was just like, yeah, 22 games without a clean sheet. I think we just, we have to look at that and be like, that's just not good enough. And I'm sure, I'm sure the Zerbi and the squad all know this. It's, you know, it's not, it's not something they're unaware of. I know defensively, they probably know that it will have to collectively be better. Um, but yeah, it is a worrying thing to know that pretty much going into every game, we're going to concede. I think that's like a given now, isn't it? Going into every game, we're going to concede. But on the flip side, and the good thing is we, we know nine times out of 10, we're going to score a goal as well. So it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, yeah. but Tony Bloom, Give us a sign-in. Bash. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. It's probably a bit of a mentality this... thing as well, I reckon. Like, you know, you concede every week. You know, fans think we're going to concede every week. You know, I reckon there's a bit of that too, but don't get me wrong. We know the personnel's a problem too, as we've mentioned so many times, but... Um... We need a miracle, lads. Yeah, I stopped it. Yeah, stop get that in the changing room before every single game and after every single game and we will win. I yeah, guarantee you. That's a you defensive guys. unit only. Um, all right, boys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, frustrating again, isn't it? We just need to start getting some points. Well, we got some points, but we need the points on the board for the Premier League and a win against Palace in February would be nice as well because it's very overdue that we slap them silly. We haven't done in ages but anyway um cool i think we've pretty much wrapped everything up so make sure you like comment subscribe uh comment anything you've thought of the game yesterday or as well all the, all the talking points were about bloom january i've never been so excited for january in my life um but t- tell us your thoughts on january wait it's it mate it's like christmas morning for me i, I can't wait for january to come around and it is hopefully hopefully we mm. can get some over the line and yeah let us know your thoughts in the comments on all the above make sure you like as well follow all our socials and all of that good stuff and we'll see you who's next spurs we'll see you before spurs and have a very very, very good christmas have a very nice christmas oh all. my god yeah wait and, is this um, the last one of 2023 <laughs>
No, it won't be the last one. Twenty three. It'll be yeah, the last Spurs one before Christmas. Though. Of course, so. it's not. Yeah, no, twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah, twenty eighth. Yeah. yeah. Have a nice Christmas. Enjoy all. Oh, well, Happy yeah. Santa Sports. Have a good. Have a good Christmas. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Anyway, yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.